You know what my favorite part about getting allergies during a pandemic is? <laughs> you don't know which you one it is? You feel sick all the time? No, that, that was it. Just that. <laughs> there is no favorite part. It would have been funny when you hit the countdown for this and we all just sneezed. <laughs> it, goes, it goes to show a little time capsule. And I love the fall. This sucks. This is being recorded in September of 2020. Mm-hmm. My congestion is not nearly as bad as the two of you. Luckily. <laughs> Knock on wood. <laughs> if you listen to this in America in 50 years, yes, that's that pandemic, the same one you're dealing with still. We're yeah. talking about that oh, one. God. Um, everywhere else, it's that brief moment you had for a couple of months. But I told I told Randy I had my allergies don't lead so much to congestion as much as they lead to like really bad headaches. So on Thursday, nice my stuff. allergies yeah, hit me. Yeah, I'll take the congestion. And I got like a super bad headache, like a migraine. Like I couldn't look at a screen. I just f- got off work, fell asleep, and then woke <laughs> up for work the next day. That was Thursday <laughs> into Friday. Uh, 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 speaking of looking up screens, not- <laughs> I heard you were able to uh, pre-order a PS5. Yeah. Yeah, I got it Wait, from you Target. Passed the, you passed the test? <laughs> No, not that test. I passed Which the test. I can't, believe you oh. went, I can't believe you went to an island, fought Shao Kahn, and then that's how you got access to the other two. A funny thing about that test is it doesn't even, even if you pass that test, it's still like a, isn't it like, um, I don't know, there's like a countdown thing that you have to. Yeah, you had to wait in a queue. They let people pre-order one at a time. So people were like stuck in hour long queues pre-ordering the PS5. So but we are recording you, this uh, after their price reveal and their date reveal, yeah. which is two days after did you the fight, Xbox. Uh, John Clad Van Dam in Bloodsport before or after you ordered your PS4? Uh, I had to fight him so I could pre-order Demon Souls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. In yeah. a match of PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale. Yeah, and I crushed him. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get this video game. And I'll say, <laughs> he's doing a split while he's playing it. But yeah, all the, all that that whole thing was a fucking nightmare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, me and you were uh, talking the other night about what we're buying, and I said that I wasn't gonna play the game if I can just fucking if I can walk into a store and buy one. I will. Yeah, the only way to win is to not play. So I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go to GameStop on Tuesday when the Xbox after work when the Xbox pre-orders are open. I'll see what I can do about the the financing plan on that, and if I if I am able to put down money on a PS5, I will. But I presume I probably won't be after the last no. how, the, how the last weekend has been or whatever. You have to be sitting at dinner with people on your phone, refreshing Wario sixty four's Twitter feed, yeah, to wait for the Target pre orders to go live. That's how I got mine. <laughs> it was very rude, but I got one. So yeah, but don't worry. They they said there's gonna be enough for everybody. They just might not ship till 2021. It's cool. Everything's fine. <laughs> not even Jeff Keeley could get one. And he was the one who like shared the news with all of us that the presentation chose to, hi- to, to hide. My favorite story of that whole thing was the guy, you know how every time they have a console, well, not now because pandemic and whatnot, Yeah. but every time they have a console launch, we talked about it a little bit in our Xbox and 360 episodes. Every time they have a console launch, they always have like a big party 
usually in like yeah. Times Square yes. or, yeah. or LA or somewhere. And it's always the first person to get one. There's always like pictures of them. Yeah, the guy that was the first and... to get the PS4 could not get a PS5. <laughs> he didn't get shit. accepted into the... the he, didn't, <laughs> he didn't win the lottery. <laughs> he even didn't engage with the brand enough? Like, no, even though he was live on camera, the first one to buy a PlayStation 4. Wow. <laughs> So my favorite part was them not giving dates or what platforms their games were available on until after it was over. Oh yeah, the Demon Souls remake is was coming to PC, and, and then, then, it, then they pulled, was, yeah, and then they pulled that trailer and put up a new one that said it wasn't coming to PC and <laughs> took that back, which is very weird. <laughs> and they also um, Spider Man is now a cross gen game, which was not ever made clear before. Really? Yeah. <laughs> They also did the thing where Spider-Man has two versions. One's $50 and it comes with Spider-Man Miles Morales and one is $70 and it comes with Spider-Man Miles Morales and the up-res next-gen version of Spider-Man. Yeah. And a bunch did of people... Did you pe- forget about the the forgotten Andrew Garfield Spider-Man video game <laughs> that they put in between? That's the amazing and, Spider-Man, uh, which uh, incidentally was not so amazing. And um, people complained, obviously, and then they made... So then they're like, okay, if you have Spider-Man for PS4, we'll give you the next-gen upgrade for free. But then people already pre-ordered the one that had, was $70 because they didn't think that the upgrade was going to be free. So then they had to cancel yeah. those pre-orders and pre-order the new one. Cool. And also, all those games are like 100 gigs, and the uh, solid state's only 800 <laughs> gigs on the PlayStation 5. So it's going to be a fun it's gonna be a fun generation of video oh, games. Jesus. I'm glad they, yeah. well, as we talked about briefly before it started, that I can run a 1080 Cyberpunk on my computer <laughs> so I can stay out of this mess at least for a year. Demon yeah. Souls is 72, right? That's, hmm? I think Demon, yeah, they, Demon yeah. Souls is $70. So is uh, Destruction All-Stars, that car game that no one knows about? Yeah, <laughs> they, that they didn't even show in the, the mm. stream. They yeah. didn't show the, the Sackboy game either. No, that's, I believe, 60? No, I think that one's... I thought that one was like 40 or 50. There's nothing's 40, dude. We're past 40. Oh. Nothing's 40. <laughs> 40 is an old care. price point. Well, we yeah. don't do that anymore. But yes, uh, so sorry again about any of the, the sniffling you might hear for the... the <laughs> it's not me. I'm not sorry. For the next, uh, I'm not sorry. Vote for better health care and I wouldn't be fucking sniffling. It's true. You know what we should have uh, done? You should have both taken Benadryl. At the start, just fall asleep. Yeah, I was gonna say, doesn't that knock you out? <laughs> and then see how the fucking how the energy just deteriorates what, over the, the length of the podcast. What's the allergy stuff that that has caffeine in it that wakes you up? I think that's just drugs, dude. <laughs> I don't think that. It, I think that's like one of those over the counter things that has like Crash Bandicoot smiling on it. And it's yeah, just like Randy, it'll keep meth- you harder you longer. Amphetamines, Randy. <laughs> Jesus Christ! What's the yellow jackets? Is that the? It's not allergy stackers. <laughs> <laughs> If you bought it off a guy with an eye patch in an alley, it was not allergy medication. Said it cured everything. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Uh, So welcome back to the second episode of our 2020 Hot Button Halloween special. I'm your hair-raising, spine-chilling host, Randall Beatrice, here as always with Austin Blakesley and Chris Anantuano. Let's see if I can do this. I got Discord just was like, nah, dude, I'm not doing that. <laughs> just cut out for most of that. 
So today's story is gonna be a bit of an odd duck. The meta side of it being less horrifying in some ways than the actual content of the game in question, but also much more horrifying in other ways. The ramifications of what went down anyway could definitely be seen as pretty scary. This may also be a much more familiar subject with some of you as it is a fairly recent tale with news outlets still reporting on updates through to this year. That and it's likely one of the most bizarre controversies in gaming I have ever seen, or at least in how it's viewed to us Americans here. Why is that? Well, probably because the center of everything we're about to discuss revolves around a character that has somehow become a massively divisive figure, the likes of which his uh, power could have never been foreseen by his own creator. Try not to pee your pants, you guys, but I'm talking- Donald Trump. <laughs> I'm talking, of course, about Winnie the Pooh. What? Oh, <laughs> right. The, the chubby little honey loving catalyst of a teddy bear that would lead us into a whirlwind of political discourse surrounding the 2019 psychological horror game Devotion. But even the dark themes explored by its virtual world were never meant to cause such misery to those behind it. Government intervention, employees forced out of work, the entire thing was a complete mess and handled just terribly. All while the piece of interactive art itself is now considered to be such a rare commodity among those wanting to experience it that it would make P.T. or Flappy Bird fans blush. So how did Disney's yellow, non-pants-wearing menace cause all of this? Let's get into that. Winnie, Winnie the Pooh, he's the one from Five Nights at Freddy's, right? Yeah. That's that bear? <laughs> the very same. Yeah, he's the president of China, dude. Well, I should state right now that this episode will presumably not ever be available in China. <laughs> if we, for whatever reason, have any listeners there. <laughs> dude, you're cutting off our audience. <laughs> Okay, so before I speak on what exactly Devotion was, I think it's very important to first explain the origins of the game's Eastern developer team, Red Candle Studios. They were founded in September of 2015 and based out of Tapai City, the capital of Taiwan, the region, this is also vital to the story, being a special municipality in the official Republic of China. The group initially only consisted of six members, each from various backgrounds. Their goal, being the game enthusiasts that they were, was to create projects that would enable them to, quote, illustrate Taiwanese culture and history. Pretty sweet. The scale and vision of their video games focus primarily on an immersive narrative and uh, innovation over systems like mechanics. They soon passionately began to work on what would be their first formal release, a 2D horror side scroller set in 1960s Taiwan while under Chinese martial law, a grim and true era for the nation known as the White Terror Period. It lasted from May 1949 to July 1987, making it the longest imposition of total military control by a regime anywhere in the world. That was until being surpassed by Syria a time later. Incidents such as the February 28th massacre are referenced as well. This event, an anti-government uprising that occurred in 1947 prior to the law going into effect in which armed Kuomintang led forces from the ROC killed thousands of civilians and imprisoned thousands more. Guys having fun. <laughs> Remember when I did an episode about the Madden curse last year? Yeah. yeah. And then everything time. else has dead bodies in it. <laughs> Maybe I should host more Halloween episodes. Just, just a thought that I had. The audience likes what it likes. 
they? <laughs> Do they? Yeah. yeah. I'll find out after this, after this airs. The title also incorporated many different religious elements based on East Asian mythology, including its use of evil creatures called the Lingered. Oh, I like that. Yeah, or the Wang Liang, as they are named in the original that was good. folklore. Yeah, Wang Liang's a little more childish. <laughs> Despite the word translating to demon, the spirit is said to be malviolent, although there are multiple interpretations of the being throughout its storytelling history. More directly speaking, the in-game setting involved students trapped inside a high school located in the remote rural mountains. It was played through classic point-and-click style gameplay. You're tasked with finding items, solving puzzles, and hiding from monsters, similar to an old school like Clock Tower or Alone in the Dark. What really stood out, though, other than its um, backdrop, was its distinct visuals. Its drab, muted color palette and almost hand-drawn character animations gave it an uncomfortably foreboding sense of dread. Its original score greatly assisted in this, too. I literally uh, have every reason to have bought and played this, but for whatever fucking reason, did not. I did watch several minutes of footage on YouTube, though, so I think I might try to finally pick it up, This maybe for this October. It can be fun. Really get into the spooky mood this season. It supposedly isn't lengthy, although it remains at a low price point of around like 10 or 11 bucks. It landed on Steam January 13th, 2017, post their now discontinued Greenlight program. That fall, it came to PS4, and then a Switch port later released in March 2018. It garnered positive reviews, especially to respect to its um, tragic subject matter, and sold well enough for the team to begin work on their next venture, that being Devotion. A novelization of the game was published as well, for attention. This was by Ling Jing in conjunction with uh, Red Candle Games' co-founder, Shun Ting Yao. However, this wasn't even the craziest accomplishment in terms of detention's reach. A live-action adaptation distributed by Warner Brothers was made, hitting theaters in Taiwan in September of 2019. Oh, we should watch I know. I have not seen that either. I did look up a trailer. But it enjoyed a strong box office success and went on to snag like quite a few awards there. Mm-hmm. Um, almost completely unheard of for a feature film based off a video game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also bring this up because it's it actually... the best video game movie ever made? <laughs> <laughs> it might be. Yeah. But I, I'm telling you guys this now because it, it, it actually won't be the last time that you hear about this movie in... Uh, our story today. Back to the topic at hand, though. Let's talk devotion. Glad I haven't scrambled up these two names yet. It's evident our studio had a real love and knack for things horror. However, upon the appreciation for atmospheric first-person titles like Gone Home, What Remains of Edith Finch, Layers of Fear, and the aforementioned Gold Standard PT, the team decided to switch perspectives to a more ambitious three-dimensional POV view. This was not the initial idea during its early planning stages, but then, quote, subsequent discussions steered the game into that direction to realize our producer, Doi Chiang's vision. This meant that the now 12 programmers there had to learn to use Unity in 3D. Which, you you toyed around with that before, haven't you? Yeah, I did it in college. Yeah. It's easy. All right. <laughs> it, has, it has all the... The tools there, kind of? It used to be called Unity 3D, and then they renamed it to Unity. Oh, because people were making because 2D stuff? Because people were hacking it to make 2D stuff. You had to hack it to... Originally, yes. Weird. Well, not hack it, but... Well, you had to you manipulate had to, like, it. And... You had to like download plugins and stuff to make it 2D. And now it just well, has those, a 2D option built in. Those weren't like official plugins, I assume. No. Okay. They became That's official and then they just added them into the engine. Huh. But yeah, the original thing was set up to make like first person games. Huh. And like you just. I mean, just, that's my. A lot of my first experiences with playing Unity games were 
first person mm -hmm. stuff. So it's probably the easiest thing to make in Unity. Yeah. Yeah. So now let's get into the project's narrative. Keeping with their mission of strongly incorporating Taiwanese culture and ideas, the team chose to keep the native country the same, but this time it was set during the 1980s rather than the 1960s. Still during the White Terror period, and it now took place in an apartment complex right in the studio's hometown of Taipei. Further inspired by Asian folklore, the general plot was to depict the life of a family, quote, shadowed by religious belief. It also would delve into the vows each team member of the said family made to, quote, witness their devotion. The game, then toying with the player's concept of time and environment, often shifted the residents into a hellish nightmare. Feelings of nostalgia and familiarity would quickly become an anxiety-inducing exploration of past memories, thus unearthing the mysterious truths buried, hidden in the home. The lead character was a struggling screenwriter, your wife a retired musician, while your aspiring daughter was pursuing singing until she begins to show early signs of a bizarre illness. The house's financial situation then deteriorates along with frequent arguments between the married couple. Eventually, things become supernatural in contrast to the themes of exceptionalism, domestic violence, isolation, and death. Definitely sounds pretty heavy for those prepared to engage with it, but that's the summed up pitch anyway. Again, I've actually not played this one either, although this time we will soon get into the bigger reason why. <laughs> but yeah, otherwise there were elements of uh, Taoism and Buddhism portrayed. It featured an original song and score by composer Vincent Yang, which was later sold on its own. I did watch through some footage. Seemed kind of cool. Looked sharp for such a small dev group. The pacing did appear to be a tad bit slower than other hard titles that I am usually into, but for people that liked stuff like Amnesia, I would probably recommend it. If I could anyway. Its choice setting really does give it its own special identity, in my opinion, as someone who has beaten a few of things like these. Also, both this and detention only taking a few hours to get through makes the lower sales price much more appealing. So development continued and then finished, which I'm sure there are personal stories to tell there too. That's not particularly what we are here for today. So let's now get into the release and unrelease. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> Unlike the previous game, Devotion just went straight to a full launch rather than any early access programs, officially hitting Steam for download on February 19th, 2019. No console counterparts yet this go. It quickly rose up their charts and scored significant praise. Many critics making favorable comparisons to the games that inspired it, like PT and Gone Home. While there were still some criticisms in reference to its relatively simple gameplay and stealth sequences, many still greatly praised its storytelling, environmental design, and respect to its folklore. It's real-life folklore, I should say. Even streamers on Twitch seems to be responding to it well. Everything right now seems pretty jolly. So what happened? <laughs> Well, two days after it going live, a few players discovered a, let's say, Easter egg. For those that may not have heard the term before, Easter eggs are essentially hidden little messages, images, or references that creators like to hide in their work. Not just video games, but also TV, movies, records. It's traditionally meant to be cute or a wink and nod to their fans or other artists. You know, sounds innocuous enough, right? <laughs> not exactly. But that's because the egg found holds a highly questionable connection to some extreme views in a certain part of the world. Before we go further, though, I'm, I'm curious. Um, I would say, what are your, all of your experiences with, like, finding Easter eggs in games? Like, can you remember any off the top of your head that kind of stuck with you? Or The coolest Easter egg ever, I believe, is in Just Cause. Okay, I don't know if I'm... So, if I know this one. Which one was it? Right. Was it three? <laughs> I think it was three. 
So that has a pretty big map. Uh, Just Cause 3, former... Former subject, yes. Yeah, on our show. It has a pretty big map, and there is a lost Easter egg in that game. Okay. Um, <laughs> the TV show Lost. Oh. Um, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. I realized after I said it that that could be misconstrued. It's from the TV show Lost. Now, if you haven't seen the TV show Lost, it's about a bunch of people on a plane that crash land on a island, hence the name Lost. And, like, there's, like, a hatch that they find that has, like, a computer in it, and it's got all this mystery. It's not a great show. Don't watch it. But <laughs> there was a really cool Easter egg in Just Cause where it's like they could have just put the hatch with, like, the Lost logo on it. But right. instead what they had, there's an island in the upper corner of the map. If you fly over it in a plane, your plane will will break and get sucked down to the island itself. <laughs> and then what? on that island, there's a whole bunch of Lost references. That's that's, that's much more... Wild. Yeah, that's yeah. very elaborate. <laughs> that was very cool. Chris, the cat, the, do the cows count from Diablo? Oh, the Is cow level? Easter egg, technically? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I would say that. Because <laughs> that's my fa- but it, the only reason I say doesn't count is because it was a thing you did so often for XP once you were like end game tier that it was almost not even an Easter egg anymore. It was like let's run some cows, but <laughs> yeah. uh, I absolutely love that. That, of was, course, that was good. The, the mother of all Easter eggs is Grand Theft Auto. Any of them, pick one. Oh God, fucking, yeah, yeah those holy fucking shit. Games are loaded with all sorts of garbage. I liked the beating heart inside of the statue of Hillary. That was pretty. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Also, Tony Hawk. John new, Romero's head. The, the new game. Tony Hawk has a lot of cool ones. Yeah, yeah. Related to COVID. This is a more recent one, but the, the first one I could think of at the top of my head was the Sea of Thieves with the, the skeleton of with the banana. Oh, yeah. Stuck in the Griffin skeleton. Yeah, which is pretty mm-hmm. good. Wait, what's this? Uh, Griffin McElroy yeah. made a joke. When they showed the Sea of Thieves trailer at E3, they had... They showed them eating a banana to regain health, and they just shove the banana into their mouth, and then you hear a gulp, and then their health goes up. And Griffin McElroy thought that that was the funniest fucking thing, because they didn't, they didn't peel the banana, they just ate it. Ate it, yeah. So, on camera for Polygon, when he worked there, he ate a banana, skin oh, and all. Oh, God. <laughs> so good. And it was so gross that he, like, almost threw it up. <laughs> and then uh and then so then in their next trailer they put in them eating a coconut which was just them shoving a coconut in their mouth and then everybody was asking him to eat a full <laughs> coconut which is impossible because you literally need a yeah. hammer and a fucking wedge to get a coconut open yeah that fruit doesn't they are in. rocks <laughs> on the outside we, we should do like a an- and then they put a skeleton with a banana sticking out of its mouth in there <laughs> As a reference to him. We should do, like, maybe for Easter next year, just, like, a whole, like, topic on Easter eggs. Like, starting with adventure. The weird weird monkeys from Halo. Is that Halo 3, right? That freaked me out. Monkey nuts. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, Halo has a lot of good ones. Yeah. It's funny, because Chris mentioned GTA, like, Rockstar in general. Like, there's so much stuff in Red Dead 2, like, all over that map that uh, mm-hmm. are really fun. Metal Gear Solid, also very good at that. Kojima, and I, I guess, in general. But, like, uh-huh. you know, hey, the first time Psycho Manus was reading people's memory cards, it was pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Dude, that show was so cool. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you guys ready to get scared when I tell yes. you what this Easter egg was? Here on Spooky September. <laughs> 
So basically, in this game, there was a Fulu talisman, which we would likely describe here as like a sort of wall scroll okay. uh, that contained the words. I have a couple of those. I have Naruto on them. <laughs> Got him at Hot Topic. <laughs> that contain the, the the words. I don't, by the way. All right, mm. I was making it up. Uh, sure, he was. I have cool stuff hanging on my walls, <laughs> like a record with a broken glass frame. I got you that record. I know. I and, fell and off then, the wall and, and then you the glass smashed broke. it in yeah, front of me because I'm so cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that uh, well, the name I should say, Xi Jinping, or better known as the Paramount Leader of China. I actually I believe he has come up on this show before. Yeah, Xi Jinping was the guy that they were making fun yes, of in, in Hong, Hong Kong '97. Yeah, yeah, the giant flying head, mm-hmm. uh, final boss. And then, uh, like I mentioned uh, before, Winnie the Pooh. Below that, also president of China. <laughs> below that, the phrase when translated in English closely reads as "Your mother is a moron." <laughs> that's not scary it's hilarious <laughs> more direct of course but obviously we wouldn't think much of that here or let alone be able to understand it the writing itself was in Chinese seal script for the names although the insult was in Taiwanese Hokkien but why was this uh, a huge problem for those that may have forgotten considering how fucking fast internet memes tend to move back in 2013 a photo of Jinping with US President Barack Obama at a meet in St. Petersburg Russia would go viral the reason why was because folks online compared the pair's appearance to that of both Winnie the Pooh and Tigger Obama being Tigger the the tiger mm-hmm. whoa slow down Randy <laughs> I saw it at the time it's kind of funny I don't Mm -hmm. know. Jinping, however, did not think so, which only led to people passing around the picture more until soon. Classic mistake. (laughs) Yeah. Once you ask for something to go away, that's when people (laughs) just just want it for you even more. Until soon after, when all images or materials of the said character would be permanently banned, political satire or otherwise. This included the cartoons, t-shirts, mugs, whatever have you, the upcoming Christopher Robin film that was barred from being screened there. Those who violated this law would face consequences, not dissimilar to when any use of the swastika was forbidden in Germany, just like... Yep, same circumstance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah obviously this, you know, this example is way more fucking dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, obviously this is horrible, but what an insane power move. Right? Just like, oh my God. Just remove it from the country. <laughs> I mean, you know it's something our president now would do if he could, but it's... Oh, 100%. But it's it's just, it's, it's just fucking wild to think about. Like, it's, it's fucking crazy. Like, man. Yeah. Get rid of Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> One of the things I tried to look up was kind of like Disney's comment on it. I mean, they, they sort of just followed the, that yeah. rule. I mean, because I, you know, obviously they see a lot of uh, revenue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. I guess I answered my own question then, but uh, I still, <laughs> but yeah. Now the second issue to note here is that the players who found and shared the discovery were also Chinese, therefore immediately reading the reference as offensive and disrespectful. What did they do? The same thing anyone from anywhere does when they're upset. Review bomb. Thousands, yeah. <laughs> That's, how do you how do you send a message? Affects uh, scores, <laughs> which thousands of new ones for the game poured in on their Steam page. Almost all shaming the team and product. Devotion's overwhelmingly positive label 
turned to a dismal, mostly negative one in less than a day. Remember, yeah, these store listings are the same worldwide, so potential buyers elsewhere really wouldn't have much context for what the fuck was happening, you know? Red Candle Games, they would put out their first statement the next day on the 23rd. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but the gist of it was them calling the Easter egg accidental. They claimed it was simply a cheeky placeholder asset and was never intended to be in the final version. They also apologized and said the art in question was already removed the night the screen grabs were uploaded. And they then concluded the Steam forum post with saying that they took full responsibility for the incident over and done with, right? Of course not. This is hot button. Six hours later on the same forum, They would elaborate further, stating that no other colleagues than just the one team member knew about it, going after this to say the message doesn't reflect the views of the company, that it's not related at all to the in-game themes. The publisher, which their name is uh, Indeviant and Winking Skywalker, were cutting ties with them. Uh, It was self-published in here, but... Winking Skywalker? Yeah. So just blame it on one person and then get them out the door is the best strategy. Uh, Disney fucked everything We see everything game companies up. do it time and time again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much a classic, classic playbook move. Yeah. There were then several more apologies along with the studio's philosophy. Most notably here, there was the announcement that Devotion was removed from sale in China and that refunds were all being given. So other territories could still buy it, still play it. The game was patched, as I, you know, they they kind of said that the, the talisman now reading the much kinder Happy New Year <laughs> instead. <laughs> That's yeah, much much kinder, the complete <laughs> opposite fucking direction. <laughs> the whole ordeal wasn't great. Money was for sure lost, but things did relatively seem like they were at least resolved. That was until two days later on the 25th, another post on the forum would present itself, the goal of which appearing as an attempt to shut down various rumors regarding the political views and intentions of the team and project, many of which being false quotes that came from either a photoshopped statement in their words or an unofficial forged account on Weibo, a Chinese social network. Now, I couldn't find record of these specific incidents as they have been deleted. Not that I really would have been able to properly translate them anyway. Supposedly, it alluded to hidden meanings in devotion that were not representative of the game's story. Also, apparently in the fake postings, there were gloats of estimated sales that were much higher than they actually were. I don't know. This whole part was very weird. And it's honestly, it's tough to say who who even like orchestrated it yeah i i mean i don't know it could have been from a disgruntled red candle employee a review bomber or supporter of china that just wanted to get them more in trouble i mean it could have been the opposite like a native resident to the region who was looking to back up their home nation of taiwan against chinese oppressors there were fans and defenders of the action like outside East Asia that were furious at the controversy. It could have just been someone in Europe or North America that thought the whole thing was stupid. You know, like I don't, we may never find out. One thing we do know for sure, though, is that it didn't make uh, anything better for our once idealistic young developer. Every couple hours, this entire mess would just get worse. They implored users to only stick to the official Facebook and Steam pages for new info. 
otherwise here in this message, there was mostly just a lot of repetition of already stated opinions and sorries, a tone that you could read as being very fearful of further consequence, while the arguments amongst different groups carried on. But yeah, something felt like it was brewing, and yet it was like there was still key information missing too, which, you know... Knowing the culture over there that, you know, like it, it, the stakes are, would be a little different if something like that happened here. Mm-hmm. Not to make any like presumptuous judgments of a, a region I don't live in or fully understand. But but yeah, the repercussions for this could be more severe than you would probably think. This theory that, by the way, I feel like will become more apparent when I read their final follow-up as it was shared. This is later the same day. So tell me what you make of this. Due to technical issues that cause unexpected crashes, and among other reasons, we are pulling Devotion off from Steam Store to have another complete QA check. At the same time, we'd like to take this opportunity to ease the heightened pressure in our community resulted from our previous art material incident. Our team would also review our game material once again, making sure no other unintended materials were inserted in. Hopefully this will help all audience to focus on the game itself once again upon its return. And also this was not signed by members of the studio. Okay. In the way that the other ones were. Right. Hell, I don't know. The the way it read, you'd almost expect it to end with the words like all hail Xi Jinping or something. I don't know. Like it was it was fishy. It's it's a little eyebrow raising. But what was there that anyone who wanted to aid them could even do? There were those calling on the steam staff to investigate, though this was a completely a foreign affair. Yeah. Yeah. So just like that. Devotion was gone in six days, literally less than a week of folks being able to obtain it when they could. I would have. (laughs) To be honest, I was only really following the story casually until it was suddenly scrubbed. Like, that's probably maybe when you heard about it too. I'm not sure. Those campaigning for it or tasked to review it never complained about any large bugs or, you know, or crashes. It's as if it was simply just to silence the herds. So, yeah, some some time does go by, though, and uh, despite everyone wanting answers, the dust does die down slightly. <laughs> of course, that could just be read as hopelessness. Literally months without a single update on when the cult horror game would return, not a peep. Even if what was said in that last poorly constructed bombshell of an announcement was true, additional searching for... Winnie the Pooh references wouldn't take this long. Yeah. <laughs> Red Candle Games was also quiet, with outlets attempting to reach out and get in contact with employees coming back empty-handed. Their social accounts continuing to go unused. One source, though, ONS Good, did publish an article on Polygon later that summer on July 3rd. He reported that the aforementioned uh, Indeviant, the game's publisher in China, had lost their license right after the initial reveal went public. Surprisingly, the studio would come up from hiding a week and a half after on the 15th, a single image on Twitter that read, While mediation is still in progress, Red Candle's co-founders have reached a unanimous decision to not re-release Devotion in the near term. If in the future, the public would be willing to view this game rationally and allow us the opportunity to rebuild trust with our players, Red Candle would reconsider re-releasing mediation damn yeah so like peep like okay so like the chinese government was obviously upset about the easter egg and stuff yeah but people were too citizens of china in the same way that there are for a lack of a better phrase like nationalists here who are like would read any anti-american sure okay 
you know. I guess it's it's not surprising. Yeah. It's just... The numbers were a little... That was the part that I was like, I didn't expect to... Uh, right. of, of the outcry, just, you know, the number of people in the outcry, I mean, but... So those in hopes of a return were obviously out of luck for the time being. But what's more interesting here is the implication that all of the power in this situation relies exclusively on them. Yeah. Threatening the customer and fan base as a whole that if they saw good behavior, the title would be back again for you to buy. Like, the last comments from them in February, it was a... Major change in attitude than the original apologetic and passionate pleas that started. Perhaps they really were just pissed off that, you know, consumers inadvertently took matters like to a place that they weren't ever wishing to go. I don't want to throw accusations to either side without proper evidence, but it's not unrealistic to think that outside factors are still at play here. It's one thing to upset gamers, it's another to attract the attention of a controlling government next door. Also a government of a powerful nation that your home country shares a disturbing past with, as well as a tumultuous relationship with now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it's, it could sound either way, to be completely honest. Like, part of me does say, like, eh, it could be them, like, all right, you fucking review bombed us, maybe when you're fucking cool, we'll release the game again. Right. But the other half could be, it does suspiciously kind of sound like somebody else, like, and if you're good and all references are removed, we yeah. will upload the game again. But it's like, like how very, is that, like, that was a worldwide statement, and it's not like anybody in the United States or, or Europe or Australia or yeah, South America. Yeah, like, it. it's like they weren't review bombing the game, you know? It's like, no. you, you they can see the accounts of the people that are, are slamming it, like, they're... It, you might have said this, and I might have missed it. Did Devotion ever come out outside of China? Yeah. So it was It released worldwide. It released worldwide, and then they pulled it everywhere. They pulled it off China first. Okay. Uh, they pulled it off sale for the Steam platform in China. Off of Steam. Yeah. yeah. And then eventually, you know, not that long later, hours, day later, like it was, then it was yanked worldwide. So regardless of where you were using Steam from, it was unavailable. Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough, there were those in Taiwanese politics willing to fight for the video game's creative rights. Current mayor of Kojiang, Sen Chai Mai, he spoke out in response to the removal saying, quote, Only in countries with democracy and freedom can creation be free from restrictions. And he wasn't solo in that activism either. Of course, it didn't help that the company's pages remain blocked along with the devotion hashtag, a tag that previously had hundreds of millions of shares before being tucked away by Chinese censors. Jeez. Yeah. That was on Weibo or whatever? That's Weibo. Yeah. yeah. Would you like kind of closely like connect that to- It's Twitter. Twitter? It's yeah. Chinese Twitter. Yeah. 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 It's not um, owned by Twitter. It's a, it's a yeah. different company. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. yeah. More I just more meant that the purpose that it serves and- it's more, Yeah, it serves the same purpose. I've seen what it, looks like, what it looked like. It looks like Twitter. It does, yeah. It serves similar purposes to Twitter. For okay. a split second, I was about to be like, Weibo, that's kind of dumb sound. And then I was like, oh, you know what else is dumb? Facebook. That's <laughs> also dumb And it's true. <laughs> yep. And I guess, like, not to get too into it, because this actually isn't in my script, but, like, I mean, have you guys ever looked into kind of the way that the internet operates in China? 
A little bit. Yeah. I have not even the slightest clue. No, I personally know. <laughs> There's less anonymity, right? Yes. Yeah. It's 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 very regulated. You like, which does eliminate some toxicity from the internet, yeah, but inter- it's also your, a your little internet- far in the other direction. There's a citizen's ID. Yes. Yeah. It's like your internet Ugh. usage is tied to what equates to essentially a social security number or tax yeah. ID or whatever, depending on what country you're in. And like, you can try to be anonymous, I guess, but. The government can track anything you do. Yeah. Access is monitored pretty much regardless of like Mm -hmm. where you're using it from and stuff like that. Yeah. Which, like Randy said, gets rid of some toxicity because it can all be traced back to you. But at the same time, political dissonance can also be traced back to you, which is a (laughs) huge problem. (laughs) You can silence a lot of shittiness, but you can also silence... Activism. Yeah. (laughs) Put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. That being said, we'll probably never have full... It's worth it, dude. I'll give up my rights so nobody can say anything about my mom on Call of Duty anymore. It's true. <laughs> we accept... I will get. I will literally give up my rights if somebody cannot say what a save when I miss a goal in fucking Rocket League. Oh, that is dirty. Give up all of my rights. What them. do I have to give up so that the only people that review our show uh, can grade us on a scale of four to five stars? <laughs> they have to put cameras in your house. Silence bad reviews. There's Would you give up your rights in my house? Probably. You play- yeah. Would it's you true. give up your rights if you were playing competitive Overwatch and then somebody picked Hanzo and Widowmaker in the same game? <laughs> they get dragged away. I would give up my rights. No, I don't. I don't. I. I mean, all, only my um my past roommates had the wiretaps with Alexa or whatever. Now I think we're we should be camera free as far as I know. Except for all your phones. My connect yeah. isn't plugged in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, except for literally uh, the device in your pocket. Oh yeah, yeah I forgot about that. That one. Mm-hmm. That's tricky. Now, uh, basically, like who the worker was that hid the Easter egg? You know, their identity was never made public. Like never uh, made public. They're probably dead. Well, that's it. Yeah, I was like, if they haven't already been prosecuted or <laughs> yeah, blacklisted, or, or at best, like it's probably better that their name remain anonymous, just at least to avoid a uh, you know harassment or well, yeah if worse. i made a video yeah. game critical or if i made a video game and put an easter egg critical of our current president in it i don't want anybody getting my fucking name because there are people that would come after me yeah or if or hell you know even if i made one that was pro him even though i wouldn't yeah that would probably still happen <laughs> that's, that's true <laughs> having opinions is dangerous yes as it turns out as for the game itself, the store page remains unreachable. However, due to their policies, individuals that did purchase the game for the time it was available are able to re-download it, something lovers of PT like myself don't even have the option of anymore. So at least Steam does have Remember your, when they your said back you in that. for a week? They were like, <laughs> yeah. no, you can re-download it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to trick everyone into deleting it off the hard drive first. <laughs> Konami went through the extra steps to scrub the... Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Fucking assholes. Yeah. All devotion-related content was taken off of the developer's official YouTube channel as well, while the debacle went on to raise some security concerns about the future of the entire Steam platform in China, a client that technically was never given approval to operate there, but stays up and running with around 30 million registered users. Guess we'll see how that shakes out, as this would not be the first nor last occurrence of Valve's moneymaker to cause problems over there. Meanwhile, at the time of... Yeah, Steam's got too much freedom for them. 
Yeah. We're just an unregulated American monopoly. Tell me someone's hands are in somebody's pockets. Meanwhile, at the time of recording, Red Candle Games has yet to make their names known again with any other projects. They are still in business, although to what degree is perhaps the bigger question. Whether they're even permitted to distribute works the way they once did still continues to be cloudy today. A couple relatively recent things did pop up, however, that I want to bring up before we close. Cool stuff for them, I mean. But also uh, both very unexpected. The first happening during the one-year anniversary of the release in February of 2020, when it was revealed that devotion and attention would be selected for preservation at the Harvard Yenching Library in what is the largest collection of East Asian works maintained at an American university, thus cementing the games oh, in protective uh, cool. history forever. Can I give yeah, me a copy? quite the achievement. No, they can't do that, I'm afraid. Uh, <laughs> the studio did write a Facebook post addressing it, saying that they were honored. No, art institutes are still owned by Neolibs, Austin. You can't have a copy. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> saying they were honored, going on to express gratitude towards all of their supporters and to those running the prestigious uh, school. Not to mention, as you mentioned, Austin, but the, the still did not make our title today any more legally playable to the general public. Raising the question once again, if permissions to resell the game were ever by their own accord after, right. the, after the shitstorm. I got an idea. Remember that, mo- remember that movie, Stealing Harvard? Yeah. Make, there- a, make a sequel where you steal devotion <laughs> from the Harvard Library or whatever. <laughs> American Animals, but... Yeah, yeah. St- <laughs> American Animals, but instead of Origin of the Species by Charles Darwin... <laughs> It's like a steam copy of Devotion. You could you could edit a pretty funny Mission Impossible scene of like some just loading it on like a flash drive. <laughs> now the second is a bit stranger, and I'm not entirely sure what led to it or how. But in June of this year... This is the thing I was waiting for you to yeah, bring up. I remember this. The studio, in collaboration with somebody, I, I like it, it was hard to find, began to run pre-orders on two physical editions of their still-banned devotion. Yeah, it came with a VHS. It, yeah, it's pretty fucking it ball. Yeah. It was said to cost, with local calculations, about, about $32 and $40, respectively, depending on the version. Not bad. Yeah, they each include an install of the game on a USB flash drive. Along with other goodies like stickers, a bookmark, and an art book, the more expensive one bundling in the soundtrack. Most notably, however, was that it was only available in Taiwan from the 8th to the 15th, blatantly referring to the six days it was on sale before. Any plans uh, yeah, yeah, any plans for it to hit the West, let alone any international players at all, remain unannounced. It also did not say just how many units would be produced, though it did state that deliveries for these would be made no later than 60 days from the order. It's tough to say if this goal was indeed met or if everyone who jumped on the event got theirs, but you know me, I did check eBay and found one copy. It currently has a single bid at 129 US dollars. I assure it will go up more closer to the end of that auction. Maybe I'll have to keep my uh, eye on it. But that, that's the only one I could find. So, uh, like, these things are... Rare? Very rare, yeah. Well, I imagine the shipping on that out of Taiwan to the U.S. would probably, probably be a lot of money, too. It, so, I don't dude, I don't know if that stuff is encrypted in any way, but, I mean, like, the game wouldn't, I guess, I be highly, in English, but... As a, as a uh, tech 
person. Yeah. I highly discourage anybody f- to plug a USB drive from Taiwan into your American computer. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Especially when the government got involved in this yeah. game's re- unrelease. I, I, it would be a really cool game to play, but I don't know if I trust a, a game that has it bootable on a <laughs> USB drive from Taiwan. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but that's the thing. The reason that I chose to put that part in here is because when you remove the path of piracy, it is like fascinating to think that this is a video game from 2019 that is only able to be experienced in a physical, tangible format. Like... Can we say that about any other modern games? Yeah, I don't know. Modern games? I don't think so. Yeah. It's just, it's fucking, it's just whack. Like, forever physical, man. Give me my boxes. (laughs) Give me my malware (laughs) USB drives. Tune in for our year two recap to find out if Randy spent $300 (laughs) on a Taiwanese Taiwanese copy of Devotion instead of buying a PlayStation 5. I am currently watching that. Yeah, I know you are. Uh, But... By the time we do that recap, I am I'm, I'm going to try uh, to dig a little deeper about like who kind of in assistance with them made that mm-hmm. that box set thing because like all of the um, the reports here are pretty dry. It's a lot of sites just kind of taking the same information from each other and posting. Yeah, it. it's just like it went off sale in February 2019, yeah. but it's back only in Taiwan though. Yeah, but I did. Try to have you ever tried to use Google Translate for it? Mm-hmm. it sometimes it works, but most of the time, most it, of the time yeah, it does chi- not. Chinese, any Chinese, any Asian dialect yeah. is very hard for computers to translate. I figure with those kind their of characters. sentence structure is not even close to ours, it's, right? Yeah, well, that's because that's the thing. It was, um, <laughs> these posts like do have a, like a hyperlink to the pre order page, mm-hmm. but I mean, obviously, you can't buy it anymore if you wanted to, but it, it was still just like. And their site, it doesn't help that it's it's a black background with red text. It's like very like old. very spooky. Yeah, but I I tried to translate it to to see their like words of basically like everything about it, and uh, that didn't work the way I wanted it to. But uh, you know, maybe that will change. I, I I'm also uh, this is one of those games that I I do have a feeling I think we'll be back in some maybe. But because, uh, you know, we thought the same thing about fucking Kingdoms of Amalur, and that's back. It is indeed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's That game will die now. We're going to have to cover it on every recap from here to eternity. Yeah. Stay tuned for redevotion. It's only accessible <laughs> from a USB plugged into Kurt Schilling's laptop. <laughs> yeah. Kings of yeah, you, when you boot up Kingdoms of Amalur, it changes your desktop background to the Red Sox and a picture of Trump. <laughs> so anyway that's the story of devotion the little horror game by a talented team of young and passionate artists that is now forever lost all because jinping can't take a joke and looks like winnie the pooh come at me yeah suck it dude (laughs) ban hot button in china i dare you i have plenty of shit to say i think that the chinese (laughs) government says that this message is approved (laughs) Absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't right. know. What do you guys think? I mean, now I want to play Devotion. I know. Well, it, like I said, it what's it? Detention. Cool. Detention was the other. One. Detention, detention is still available. Yeah, uh, that you, sounds cool. Yeah, like I said, that's on it PS4. Sounds Switch neat. And, yeah. I like. I don't fully understand, obviously, other cultures as much as my own. But I'm endlessly. Fa- that's normal. I'm endlessly fascinated by them, and I like. Yeah. 
I do like how spiritual yeah. Asian cultures are. And I wish that like American horror games try to get spiritual, but it's always stupid. Because yeah. spiritualism is not necessarily a giant part of our culture. Whereas mm-hmm. in other cultures it is. And I always like that's 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 always kind of the thing about like what makes uh Korean or Chinese or Japanese horror movies so interesting because like I mean I love the the way that they just oppose that with contemporary settings which is cool like there's you know Yeah it sounds it sounds interesting Yeah I I bet I'd like it more than Amnesia <laughs> <laughs> Yeah last thing uh, uh, before we we head out but let's take a bet just just completely binary do you think this game comes back Uh tomorrow Sorry, no, <laughs> not tomorrow, because we'll have time to record an event. Oh, addendum. right, yeah, I know. The day after this episode releases. No, I feel like it would be the day before. Un- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, they don't want to give us any time. The hot button curse. Before the end of 2020, <laughs> but after this episode releases, Devotion will have more news and it will come back or something. I'm not going to lie. When I first saw the stories of this getting pulled, I was like, games have gotten pulled for like fucking Ubisoft Forward. What was it? A, two weeks ago, we announced that that Scott Pilgrim game was coming back. Like yeah. that that was another one that everyone thought was like completely gone forever. And Yeah, that only got removed because Scott Pilgrim was super critical of the Obama administration <laughs> when it came out. <laughs> <laughs> is that what that game was about? I, yeah. I mean, you gotta pay attention. You gotta read between the lines. Yeah. <laughs> Even though Scott Pilgrim is Canadian, I think. Scott Pilgrim is Canadian, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Chris, you think it's coming back? You think the Winnie the Pooh holds too much? Like, I don't like horror games. I don't care if it comes back. I don't Man. care. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I honestly, I couldn't tell you. It, it's just a little bit too much. Too many. There's a little bit too too many hands in the honey pot, if you will. <laughs> for I think this game, for this yeah. game to come back. Yeah, that's, you that's might be right. Sort of regular. Yeah. I mean, I I here's the thing. It's my, time for us to sail the seven seas, Austin. Hell yeah. <laughs> you think there's pirated versions of it out there? Uh, there'd have to be, right? I mean, that's the thing about like PT. Like like people have backed up PT, right? People have backed up. Flappy Bird and whatever, like it. There's no way gamers are are gonna let anything like that really be dead. We have like, to break into Harvard. All right. Well, it's time to all formulate right. our plan. I got a ski mask. You Just do? gotta get everything else. Oh, okay. No, I don't. I got a hole. I got holes in a t-shirt. It's not hard. If if it if it didn't come out physically and we didn't have proof that somebody somewhere got shipped one then i would say no this thing isn't coming back but that fucking re-release is so weird it really is yeah. next to only the re-re-reckoning that was one of those things where i saw that story and i was like well that's gotta be fake i like there's no yeah. way like revotion coming in uh 2021 yeah <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'm gonna find out that they actually didn't team up with any other like company. It was just them like <laughs> packaging shit themselves to try and. I'm telling. There's gonna you, be like a help in the the readme files. I don't know. I'm telling you, dude. They teamed up with the Chinese government. That's a good. You know that would the, that the would US, work. The yeah, USB the, drive is, yeah. is loaded with uh, spyware and all kinds of stuff. I'll just plug it into my laptop. I don't give a shit about this thing. Because that's what they needed to get in. <laughs> not not Google selling everybody else our information for thirty years. <laughs> All they're banking on is that one person from the United States imports this, and then it like it'll. Well, don't worry, it'll just spread like Skynet. Don't worry though, China doesn't get any of our data. 
By the way, we're going to get downvoted, aren't we? In unrelated news, Oracle bought part of uh, TikTok. So, so is TikTok not going away on Monday? Or? I don't fucking know. <laughs> But I do know that Oracle is a shitty fucking company having had to work with their fucking stupid software. Oh, Oracle that was... sucks shit. <laughs> Come at me, Larry Ellison. That's the CEO of Oracle. Uh, okay. I, well, I told the He's a I, douche. I told the Paramount leader of China to come after me, so yeah. I think we're in store for I'm a couple not of rough weeks. Either of you two. <laughs> Pissing off rich people left and right. No, Denny's gonna Disney's gonna come after you with the Winnie the Pooh joke. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they, they, might, the yeah they, they own a copyright jail. on they they own a copyright on honeypots, dude. You're fucked. <laughs> They're the most threatening of them all, too. Yeah. I'd rather piss off the leader of China than fucking Disney. End up in a cage somewhere with Bob Iker wearing a Mickey Mouse mask beating me with a rope. I don't even think he's the CEO. No, anymore. I don't know. No, he's think not. So. Now he's just, he's the whipping boy. He got downgraded. All right. Yeah. Let's get out of here. Sure. Thanks for listening to part two. Possibly Ooh. out of three of our Halloween themed. Yes. We're toying around with some ideas we're for the around. upcoming we, release schedule, yeah. We, we're doing every other week now, so there were only two Halloween episodes. We might do a third one, yeah, so stay tuned for that. Seemed like a letdown from our four from yeah. last year. And then, finally, the episode that was recorded far before this one, the history of the launch of the Xbox One, will yeah. finally be coming out soon. Now that we officially know... The, day, the launch date of both the Xbox One and the PlayStation 5. So look for that around about November 9th or 10th. You can listen to it while you're staking out at Walmart. Yeah, you can listen to it while you're installing all your day one updates. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to camping a, out thing doesn't I do apologize because the episode is probably only going to be about two hours long and those updates are going to take way longer. <laughs> listen to it again. Yeah, listen to it twice. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for listening. If you want to check out our other Halloween episode or last year's Halloween episodes, are all yeah. great and timeless, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can tune in on hotbuttoncast.com. That's our website. It's got links to all our episodes. You can listen to them on the website. We also have links to all the podcast feeds, Spotify, Google Play, Except Google has Google Podcasts now. I'm going to stop talking about this because it pisses me <laughs> off every time. Uh, there's also oh, iTunes. Wow. Rate and review on iTunes. Tell your friends about it. And then follow our socials for more information. I'm trying to post a little bit more on there. So, you know, interact with us. We got You've been doing tw- good work. It's beautiful. Twitter, Instagram, and yeah. Facebook at Hot Button Cast. And if you know... You ready for the thumbnail for this one to get flagged? Yes. I'm oh for sure. No, sh- no I am for sure. It's just gonna be a black. I am like- for sure putting Winnie the Pooh with Xi Jinping's head on it <laughs> in this thumbnail. Don't you worry. Um But yeah, what else was I gonna say? I don't remember. Bye. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> <laughs>